Sipping on some 40s, yeah, yeah. Talking about the 40s, oh yeah. His 40s are 40s, oh yeah, oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of 40s on 40s. I'm Seth. And my name is Jock. That's right. And today we'll be covering four more hits from the Billboard Hot 100. So uh, without further ado, let's crack these open here. Uh, Josh, what do we got with us today? Today we have Bud Light. Bud Light. Oh boy. I didn't even know they made Bud Light in, in 40 size, honestly. <laughs> so I guess this will... And it's a twist off, so... Actually, all the 40s are twist off that we've had so far, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that was dramatic. Shit. All right, well, cheers, buddy. Cheers. I love how, <laughs> I love how we're actually, we're going to be leaving in the five seconds of just <laughs> silence. Well, we have to. So I everyone mean, just sits there while we drink. That's maybe good. we'll, like, add in some, like, nice filler music and post. <laughs> that would be fun. We should do that, actually. We should some add in, like... Elevator-type music. Yeah, just, like... Drinking in progress. Drinking in <laughs> progress. Like that would make sense. Uh, anyway, well let's uh, let's get to the list here. Let's see what we got. Um, so yeah, let's take a look here. Um, oh shit, we got a new number one, dude. Oh, what? Oh, Despacito is number two. Oh how the mighty of. Uh, apparently our boasting was too much. And um, it actually cut off the audio on us. Um, I, I think that the Taylor Swift hive mind like heard us making fun of it and was like, nope, I'm not going to let you record that. Fuck you guys. But we're going to record it anyway because we're rebels like that. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's get into this, see what happens, man. So, I have so many feelings about this song, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> for, well, okay, so before we talk about any of the production things, I actually want to talk about the lyrics first, because there's a lot of things to unpack here that she's talking about and, like, referencing. Okay. Um, firstly, the whole Tilted Stage thing is obviously a Kanye reference. Um, Yo, Taylor. I, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. One of the best videos of all time. The um, the her talking on the phone thing is a reference to the Kim Kanye controversy that happened. Are you familiar with that? The phone conversation I do recall with Kim. Okay, here's the thing. I didn't. Yeah. From what I remember. Yeah. She clearly was like, "Yes, the lyric is fine," but I don't remember if Taylor. If like they mentioned the B word, because Taylor's whole gripe was, oh, they didn't put, say they had the B word in, in the line in the Kanye West song. Mm. Not famous. Regardless, I think that Taylor was being two faced and like she was trying to cover it up after the fact. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Team Kanye on that one. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when you look at when you look at all of it that happened, I mean, it's pretty undeniable that she was trying to play the victim and then was exposed and mm-hmm. then like all of all the whole snake things went down and now she's like embraced it as like part of her new image um I don't know if you've seen any of like the photos for this kind of round for like the new album coming out but like it's her with like a snake ring and like there's a lot of like snake imagery on her twitter when it got put yeah. back up so she's kind of embracing like the villain role in this um and yet, I feel like she's still kind of trying to be a victim, even though she's, like, embracing the dark side. Um, it's kind of this, yeah, like, duality no, to still, me. She's still saying, like, that she'd been victimized in the song. You know, she'd been placed in... Yeah. ...to the stage and made to play a role that... Blah, oh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. One, there's... Okay, I laughed pretty hard when it was like, oh, you know, taking a message for Taylor, well, she's dead. <laughs> that was really corny and funny. Because she's dead. Yeah, um, I'm gonna just ramble for a second. Sorry. Go and for then it. The, when she's like, I come back from the dead all the time. I'm like, that's never happened to you once. Like, <laughs> you've never been shown in a poor light and had to come back from it. 
Anyway, that was just hilariously ridiculous and untrue. <laughs> but I will say, I actually really liked the drums, like the um, digital. They sounded mostly like digital. I don't mm -hmm. know if there's actual drums that were recorded, but I liked the tones of the drums, the hi-hat, bass drum, snare, like all all those rhythm tones that I thought were kind of cool. And I liked the look what you made me do portion. I was like mm -hmm. down with the vibe, the whole atmosphere plus the rhythm. And I will be honest, it's it's a little sexy the way she's singing the line. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's very. I'm sure they're all very aware of that. <laughs> um, that's sure it. I watched one minute of the music video, terrible, and that's my take. Word, um, you know I agree with you on a lot of that. Actually, I did. I liked the chorus substantially more than anything else in the song. Um, I yeah, I thought like I thought the chorus sounded like, you know, awesome and sexy and sultry. It was very sultry for Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, and I actually liked the rhythm a little bit more without the hi-hats that came in on the second chorus. Uh -huh. I actually liked it with just, like, the 808 and, like, the the snaps in that first chorus. I feel like that really added to, like, a lot of, like, the, the voluptuousness of, like, the beats and the production and, like, the meter to how she was singing it. Yeah. Um, I thought that that, like, went over a little better. I feel like I, I understand why the hi-hats were put in there in the second chorus, like, to amp it up. But I kind of feel like it sort of took away from a little bit of, like, the dramatic tension from the chorus a little bit. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about all that, like, being raised from the dead all the time. Like, when has that happened? You've put out consistent albums for the last, like, almost decade now, it's right? Like, you're a pretty white blonde girl that everyone in America is supposed to love, like... What, yeah. What if you had to come back from a difficult situation? It's like the only time you've had to come back, quote unquote, is when you've already been a victim, and so you already are in the good graces of everybody that would be putting you down anyway. So like, that's never really been an issue for you. And maybe she is saying like, all of her romantic failures or troubles maybe she thinks that's coming back from the dead maybe but i think that's a little naive right because you're yeah i don't agree at all I, yeah well because I, because she has made a career on breakup songs exactly like that is her bread and butter and I, so. okay i'm gonna say something right now i have no idea the actual like legitimacy of any of her romances mm. just seems it's like it's hard. It seems like a dream when I hear about like what little I've heard. I'm like, is this just this is all just made up media BS to help careers. It's hard to say. And you know? part of me is like, is she like kind of a psychopath, like obsessed with her career and like never actually had a relationship and still a virgin? Like that wouldn't surprise me. Not well, that there's anything wrong with that, but just like sure. maybe she like you know what I mean. Maybe well, she's like a psychotic, ambitious person that's, you know... So, like, the whole her whole relationship with Tom Hiddleston, I think, was the first time that anybody was like, hmm, this seems a little bit, like, publicized and just done for the sake of getting back at whoever the fuck... Was it Calvin Harris that she was dating before? When I met you in the summer. I, yeah, honestly, I don't know either. But, like, whoever she was dating before, it seemed like she was just with Tom Hiddleston to, like, get back at him. And to be like, oh, like, look at me with this new guy. Isn't that cool? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a Trump here. I think it's fake news. I think all this is fake news. <laughs> well... I don't think Taylor is a human. I think she's an alien. Probably. I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. She's like... She could be an alien. Masquerading around as a pop star. Um, oh, well, what I was going to say is so when she came out... Oh god, what's the name of that song? Uh, I'm so bad, I'm gonna have to look it up. But basically there was a song that she came out with um, in 1989 wherein she was talking about how she um, was psychotic and how like all of her boyfriends like were just pawns in like her big game of like... That's creepy because I don't know that song and that was basically what I was suggesting. But it's a but the reason why that song was so great is because it oh blank space that was it. Okay. Um, the reason why that song was great is because it was not only like self-referential and sort of criticizing everybody for calling her like a skank for sleeping around with so many people, but it was also her actually embracing that role and actually being a psychotic 
like crazy killer girlfriend and that's what made that song so endearing to me is because it was like like with all the stuff we're seeing from her now with this reputation album coming out it seems like she's trying to like you know go back to being like a 90s goth kid and like she just discovered like that graveyards are cool to hang out in and like she can wear black and it's awesome Uh but like back in blank space she she had such a clearer message and such a clearer like satire of like her own media fame and she didn't even have to change anything about her image or about like her sound she just made a song that spoke to that in a way that was like very very like winky but also very like telling of what people were saying about her does she because I don't know any of this honestly is she supposed to have been like broken up with and all these different dating scenarios. That's actually a good point. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much of it was her breaking up with them or them breaking up with her. It seems to me like if you were dating Taylor Swift, you probably wouldn't break up with her unless if, like, something crazy happened or, or, you know, if, like, an actual disagreement happened. But Taylor Swift has so much power and influence. I don't know. I honestly would not want to meet her or, like, I would avoid her, honestly, if I saw her around. It's hard to say. I don't think I would, like... I mean, if I saw Taylor Swift walking around on the streets, I don't know if I'd, like, run up and high-five her, but, like, I don't think I would be opposed, like, if she was at a party to just be, like... I Like, if anything, I would be curious. I'd be, like, I just want to know, like what like where is the truth and where is the lie in like your portrayal of yourself like what like what is taylor like who is taylor swift you know cuz we don't really i feel like we don't, I don't really think know anyone that. knows it's actually sort of similar to beyonce like i feel like beyonce has kind of made this image for herself of like being like feminism with a capital f and like being very strong and like that's cool, but I feel like when you see her in interviews or you see her in like candid videos, you don't really get an idea of like her personality or like who she is outside of like her image. Mm-hmm. So similarly, like for Taylor Swift, like I would just want to know like who she was as a person. Like what was like what's your favorite food? What do you do when you're not writing pop songs about breaking up with your boyfriends? Do you masturbate? What do you think about when you do? Exactly. Like, these are just... How often do you take a shit each day? (laughs) You know, basic human questions. Are you... Questions that would be like, I'm pretty sure you're not a robot, but I want to make sure, because I don't know. Yeah. mm. Are Are you just a marketing machine, literally or otherwise, or are you a human with real likes and wants and desires... I guess that's kind of, like, a question, though, of, like, when you reach a certain level of, like, stardom, like... Yeah. Where, I, like, what what of your personality gets shredded off in the place of, like, your image, right. you know? I do have a, a little bit of sympathy for that. That level of fame, yeah. it does probably wear on a person, but... I mean, look at Justin Bieber, dude. I, yeah, I don't want to talk about him. Okay. But, like, the thing, though, is I would personally, the way the interviews I've seen and what I've heard and listened to of his music Kanye seems like an actual human being to me Mm. like he has his own like eccentricities and like he's not like in certain ways he's not like a lot of people but Mm. when I see interviews with him I mean he's like this huge persona and star sure but he seems like a real dude to me still I don't get that vibe that I do with certain stars where I'm like whoa like you're like You've lost your humanity somehow. Right. Well, you know what I think it is? is like, Kanye West, like, is very... I think what it comes down to is that Kanye West is a very flawed person. And, like, he shows his flaws. Like, he doesn't try to hide them. Like, he'll make these ridiculous, insane boasts in, like, interviews and television. And he'll say shit just off the cuff. But, um... That makes that like humanizes him. Like, that makes him more like a real person. You know? Whereas, um, with, like... With Taylor Swift and Beyonce, it I feel like their like um, their media game is so strong that they like can't break character for any reason because then it will like make them look weaker or it'll make them like it'll make it not line up with like the narrative they've built for themselves. Right. Whereas like Kanye doesn't adhere to that. Also, his his music like I was listening to Life of Pablo recently and oh yeah, it's it's no it's no different from his earlier earliest like songs that I, I know of like he it always seems like he's straight up 
like a journal or diary esque like mm. telling you what's on his mind and what what yeah. he's gone through and what he's thinking about and what his life is like. It's like he's not writing these ambiguous like corporate structured songs sure. the way that Taylor seems to be always writing them. Sure. Well, I think that one thing and he looks he like he doesn't he's not afraid to make himself look bad. Like he tells he yeah. he raps about things where it's like he knows like it's kind yeah. of fucked up and he just tells you anyway. I mean, uh, beautiful dark twisted fantasy was all about him, you know. He has a song about literally how he's like in like a relationship with a chick where they like choke each other out. <laughs> but they like can't get away from each other and they like know it's unhealthy but they like want to be with each other. And that's something that's like very like real and something that has a lot of emotional gravitas to it. Whereas like that's the problem with this song is that it's like I feel like this is supposed to be Taylor Swift's like big like comeback song after all the drama, but it like doesn't feel like it has any of that weight. It doesn't have like a, an emotional center. It just has like a pop outer layer and like that's all it is. It's just like I mean, it's like dark sugar, but it's still sugar. She's like Gollum. The ring of fame is... She's no longer a hobbit. She's no longer a hobbit, man. She's not really a hobbit anymore. She's just this soulless creature. What's Tultus, Brussels? What's Tultus, huh? Can we say that she was a hobbit when she was making country music, though? Like, that was her Maybe. hobbit phase? She was always messing with the fucking ring, man. She was always toying with it. Yeah. Dude, do, but do you, did you ever see any of her other music videos? <clears throat> I've seen a few. Okay, because the music video for Mean, it's like a straight country ballad. She's got a banjo, she's got the curly hair. Like, that's like, I feel like that's like Taylor Swift before, like, she was corrupted by, like, the fame machine or the fame monster if you want to put it in Lady Gaga terms shout out to Lady Gaga um, I'm, I'm more Team Gaga than Team Swift by far oh I, I would agree yeah um, uh, do you know what's up next? Uh, well let's look it up let's look up and see what's up next um, Despacito's number two um, Bodeck Yellow mm-hmm. Hanging Under a Three Wild Thoughts is four Attention by the Poothmeister is five it's Puss Charlie Puff. By the Puffmeister. Wait, did you look it up? No, I was just joking. It's, oh, okay. You know, I, I, I still probably, probably I still don't know. I should have yeah. looked it up. But anyway, uh, Believers, number six. Unforgettable is number seven. <laughs> Nothing Holding Me Back is number eight. <laughs> did, did and we, we have a new one. Number nine, 1-800-273-8255 by Logic, featuring Alessia Cara and Khaled. DJ Khaled! Uh, no, he's back. Is it DJ Khaled, though? He makes the best. I don't know. He makes yeah. the best music. All right. Well, let's, let's see what you got. Yeah, let's, Logic. let's see what we got, Logic. I'm in the charts. Damn. I feel like my life ain't mine. I don't want to be alive. I don't want to be alive. I just want to die today. I just want to die. Expected from <laughs> fucking top 100s list. Yeah, I agree. That was a that was a really legitimately. We were just talking about like where is the emotional center in these songs and like zit zit <laughs> right here, man. Um, what I didn't realize is that that phone number is actually for the suicide prevention hotline. Right. Um. So that's pretty crazy. Like. I don't know. I felt like this was, a, like, a legitimately... At first, when I heard that first chorus, I kind of thought it was a little pandering, but I think the more I heard it and, like, the chorus kind of subtly changed, I think that I I grew to appreciate it more. Yeah, I... I felt like... Okay, like, musically... Mm-hmm. It was a little less interesting and a little less varied than the Swift song. Sure. Um, so it had a little bit more of a monotonous, slightly easier to lose attention trait to it. Um, but then, but lyrically and the way he's singing the vocal delivery and the lyrics, um, the first like the opening lines up until like that pre-chorus or chorus. Um, I was following it. I was like, wow, this is very unusual subject matter for Top 40. Just feeling very despondent, lonely, just tired of life, want to give up. So I was with it, and I was, I was vibe. I was, like, feeling, relating, Mm -hmm. and I was good. But 
personally, mm-hmm. I felt like aside from the chorus, the re- the repeating refrains, mm-hmm. I felt like all of the verses and the bridge, they those sections to me did seem purposefully purposefully um generalized or broad or pandering so like i it lost me honestly around there it was like it it didn't put anything in an insightful way and it didn't feel like real anymore i was like i don't believe he's really feeling this way and he's not giving us any specifics like right to me in writing specifics and detail are so important Mm. like the less the less abstract words you use i feel you have a better chance of really hitting someone like when you start using a lot of like uh never had a home home is such it's such a powerful but vague term you Mm -hmm. know like if you could describe why you felt that way that'd be different or like I could go on, but I'll... Sure, yeah. Well, would you... Would you say that there's... I think for this song, because it's a general... It's a general, like, song that's trying to be like, hey, you know, like, if you're feeling depressed, like, you can get help. Like, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. There's, like, things that can be done. You can get help. Do you think that generalizing a song in this way would almost uh, serve to, to bolster that? to be like, hey, this is a song that goes out to anybody that's feeling this, no matter how you're feeling it. Do you think that a generalization in that sense would be helpful to, like, somebody who, say, had depression and didn't know where to go? Do you think that generalizing the song could help them? Or, like, Mm. could help reach them? Yeah, I'm not to say... I can't say it wouldn't help certain people. Like, I'm sure some people might hear it and feel like, man, I feel that way. And, and And it might actually uplift them but for me personally, like, all of the verses in the bridge, like, it didn't, it didn't do anything to really make it feel genuine or, like, real. It just, when we got to the verses, which are supposed to sort of give you the insight and, like, the detail, Mm. it was just, like, all of these vague metaphors and, like, you know, it, it's just really, it's literally, it just restated the chorus in like very broad metaphor, more metaphorical ways. Like, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, looking at it again, um, it starts out in the first person. Um, you know, I've been praying for somebody to save me. No one's heroic. My life don't even matter. I know I'm hurting deep down, but I can't show it. Never had a place to call my own. Never had a home. Ain't nobody calling my phone. They say every life precious, but nobody care about mine. That's a pretty... I would say that that's a pretty specific thing, though, of, like, the feeling of, like, you know, why aren't my friends calling me? Like, do they not want to hang out with me? Yeah. Like, that's actually a pretty specific one. I would I would agree that the rest of it seemed pretty vague, because uh-huh. it's like, oh, you know, like, general feelings of unwantedness. But I think that that, that, that feeling of, like, somebody not calling your phone because you're worried they, that you're, like, not good enough... I think that's a pretty specific uh, mm. feeling, right? And that's, like, a pretty quick uh, way... It's an economic way within the song's uh, context of asserting that, I would think. Well, the thing is, it says that no one's contacting him, like, yeah. four times. Oh, okay. You know I mean? It's like, if it just said it once, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, there's just... There's... That's one point I would make because there's nothing wrong with saying like, I don't I'm not I don't mind that line yeah. or that feeling like that's yeah you know, we feel that way sometimes yeah. But I don't know I mean, like if 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 we could like pause and re and like return I could I could list you like um, other I could find other songs and explain like why they I feel they capture the same emotion in a more, like, sincere or impactful way. Sure. For me, for me personally. So for this one, it was just, you know, I stand by the... Okay. Lost in the, in the verses and That's the... That's fair, yeah. Just repetitiveness and, and, like, 
you generalized. Know, and now that you mention it, there's a couple of like outcast or not outcast um, atmosphere. Do you listen to atmosphere at all? I'm not familiar. It's super good. Uh, I want to say it's from Seattle. Um, the rapper's Slug, the DJ's Ant. And they, he, Slug is super good at writing, like, very specific, like, storytelling narratives. And I think he has one about, um, about, like, him getting to know somebody who, like, had those thoughts. And same with, like, Immortal Technique. Like, he wrote a really, really great, really emotionally hard-hitting song about, like, him wanting to get with a girl, but then, like when he told her, like, his feelings, she ran off, and it turned out that she, like, had AIDS and, like, didn't want to give it to him. So, like, there's stories that, like, you know, you can... I agree that you could definitely get more specific. And then the the Disney happy ending of the song seemed abrupt and, Mm. like, tacked on. I'll I'll give you... I'll give the, uh, the listeners one song which sort of encapsulates depression and losing yourself and, like, you know that I very much related to and liked a lot when I was younger and I'm sure I still do like it a lot I haven't heard, I haven't heard it in a few years but yeah. um, it's a song called Waste of Paint by Bright Eyes oh yeah that'd be one that's a good song um Um, And you know, actually, so to to add, this is kind of a different subject within this song, but the very intro, that pre-chorus, it like starts out with like, you know, the the piano part and it's all smooth (laughs) and like it's sad and he's singing and you're like, wow, this is going to be really intense and like emotionally hard hitting. And then like he's singing it and then he throws in that like, who can relate? And you're like, dude, what the fuck? That that was so (laughs) inappropriate. That threw me so out of the mood. I was like, what are you doing? Throw your hands up. Yeah, it's like, well, no, I'm not going to. It's like, throw your hands up if you have depression. You're like, what? No, dude, I don't want, I don't want that right now. (laughs) Get out of here. Fuck out of here. This isn't an anthem. Like, it's anthemic, but it's not like, I don't know. It just, that, that particularly felt really weird. I was like, why are you throwing a woo in here, dude? (laughs) Like, the only time you should throw... Woo! Rick Flair, do you remember that guy? <laughs> yeah, I remember Woo! Rick Flair. 25 women just died for me to go! Woo! Woo! Oh my god. Oh man. Like, if you're throwing a woo in, it should be, like, one of those... What, like, a gospel woo. Like, you know, at the end of the song where it's like, we can rise above it! Woo! Like, you know, like a... Like a motivational, spirited woo, as opposed to just, like, a who can relate, woo! Like, it felt really out of place and, like, weird, especially because at that beginning point, it does it in all the other pre-courses, but at that beginning moment, there's nothing else going on. So, like, it's so... It's so in your face when it first happens. I kind of snorted a little bit. I was like, what what was that? So... Get the F out of here. I don't know. It totally threw me out of the moment. (laughs) I was like, I was so ready to just be like curled up by the fire, getting told (laughs) things in my ear, and they just fucking whoops at me. And I'm like, come on, man. Um, Oh, so I realized that the singer at the end of the song, it's not Khalid, but it's Khalid. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's done work on other songs as well, but I can't remember right now. But, um,. Definitely wasn't DJ Khaled on okay. that. So, okay. Um, do you, you know what? I actually want to talk really quick about the backup singers. Um, the second verse um, was the singer, and then there was more backup singing, like on the last choruses. And I actually really liked those a lot. Like, I really liked the inclusion of like the female vocal part in this song. Yeah, they were okay. And I think it. it <laughs> Josh is like, whatever, man. Um, no, I, I would agree that it was a. It was on the brighter side of... Yeah, brighter, of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. It added a little bit more color and a little bit of, like, texture, so it wasn't so, um... So it wasn't so monotonous, you know? Right. But, anyway, I think I pretty much said all I wanted to about that song. I, likewise. What, <laughs> what's going on there? Josh is like, I'm ready to move on. Alright, let's see what's going on here. So, um... After that, strip that down. Liam Payne, we went over that uh, last week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Shape of You is after that. Bank Accounts after that. Rake It Up's after that. We've covered all those. So next on the list, we got some goddamn Kendrick Lamar up in here. Pretty hyped. That song is huge. Uh, Humble, period. Let's get into this. Hype for the Kendrick. Sit down. Be humble. Sit down. Be humble. Sit down. 
God, it's so it's so good that piano line, like that low piano. Oh man, just couldn't get enough of that. I think that's. I mean, the the production and the beat on this is for sure like probably my favorite part of the song. The lyrics are good, but like if it wasn't for that beat, this song wouldn't be anything, in my opinion. We got you. Um, what are your thoughts on it? I have a lot of thoughts, but I'll let you. Uh, uh, take this first. I, I probably feel might feel a little on the other end of the spectrum. I like the I like the beat and the sample and the like. Mm-hmm. It's cool, but I think I think I like the I'm more interested in the lyrics on this one. Okay. Like some of his songs, I'm more into the beat and like the vibe than the lyrics. This one, I think I'm actually a little more into the lyrics. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. I wasn't I wasn't trying to bash the lyrics. I just really. I just really thought the beat was a very strong, like, presence in the song. Right. Yeah, I'm, I, I like, I like, uh, honestly, that was, like, on the, if there's, like, a middle point of, like, how much I like, Ken, like, Kendrick's, like, music and, and samples and beats and stuff, mm-hmm. this is a little below the midpoint for me. There's, like, you know, that's, that's what I'll say about that, the music. Okay. Lyrically, it's, like... It's right around the midpoint. Like you, he never fails to have like clever, interesting wordplay. Mm-hmm. You know, dude. I think interesting one of, rhymes and I think one know. of my favorites was him talking about the "I want that Afro real like Richard Pryor." Oh hell yeah! <laughs> that was an awesome one. I was like, yeah. thank you. Um, um, for me, <laughs> the whole the concept of the whole record. Or one of the concepts of the whole record, which is built around wickedness and weakness. Right. That, in general, I like a lot. Because to me, it's like... My interpretation is... If you see someone, then it's like, oh man, they're a bad person or they're wicked. Is it... It's For me, it's like trying to tell people... Well, before you just cast them off as like a bad person and like bad, evil and like wicked... Yeah think about their humanity and what they might have gone through that's made them weak and more susceptible to turn to to, to, to um turn stuttered a little <laughs> bit i sorry i just saw it and one of the main character stutters and yeah. i've been influenced you're through but bowers get out but um <laughs> it's like think about their humanity and and like the struggles of their life or maybe they're mm-hmm. just like for whatever reason, they're a little bit weak and more susceptible to, you know, be mean or be bad or be wicked, you know, so don't, it's, for me, it's like, judge not is kind of the vibe I get from that. Now, while I think that is a vibe that that permeates throughout the album, I think that this song is almost entirely the opposite of that, in my opinion, because this song... It says that, the first line, and then it's nothing to do with that. Right. Like, the rest of the song. Well, because, like, the first line, it's, like, technically it's in the music video, and it's not even in the song. Or maybe... Um, but... What? I was gonna say, maybe... Maybe, like, his... His pride, which is, in many cases, not a good thing, his pride, maybe, it's like, hey, maybe he's not wicked because he's so prideful, maybe he's just weak and he's susceptible to, like becoming prideful because of all of his money and accolades like his pride is a weakness yeah maybe yeah well i mean this song is like it's all about pride it's all about it like literally the chorus where he's like bitch sit down be humble that's him telling his haters like don't try to flex on me you need to sit down and like you need to you know think about your penance before you come at me with that perhaps it goes both ways I think it could go both ways. Perhaps he's saying that to his to the critics and to himself, maybe. Sure, yeah. No, I it think it, I think it could be said about himself. Because um, he talks about... In the song, he talks <laughs> about a lot of, like, the big things that he's doing. And so right. the chorus might also be him, like, talking to himself and being like, sit down, right. <laughs> you know? Um, especially with the, like, uh, my left stroke just went viral, like that whole moment. My left stroke just went viral! Right stroke, put little baby in the spiral. Which is a great moment. That's like one of the, my favorite parts of the song. Great. Um, 
just like his delivery and like it's just such I mean, a ridiculous line. Yeah. But that's kind of a moment where like the the pride of like his fame is like starting to get to his head and so the chorus is kind of like telling him to like shut the fuck up and like sit down. Um, yeah. I feel like I feel like he he works so hard and he's like so dedicated to his craft. I give him props. Sure. And respect and I'm Me like too. I'm down with him. But he's not my favorite rapper and I don't think I don't know. I mean, like... It's okay. You can, me, you can be real here, Rossi. No, just... I'll just say this. Like, he's not... His... I don't know what participation he has with the music and the samples and that aspect of it, mm-hmm. but as far as that's concerned, it, I feel like there's nothing super amazing going on there. So it's really all about the actual lyricism and wordplay and the rap skills that he, that's his that's his you know mm-hmm. what he rests his laurels on right and even that like he's not my favorite like i think he's amazing and he's a craftsman and he works really hard yeah but he's not my personal favorite and i wouldn't like i don't think he's he's not like jordan you know what i mean it's like sure when it comes to like certain uh fields of competitiveness sometimes there is like the undisputed goat in my opinion like jordan is the undisputed go of basketball, mm. and I don't, I don't feel like Kendrick's on the that Jordan level of rappers. I don't think he is, and he's, I, you know, saying that he is, but he's not. I don't think. Yeah, well, and you know, I think that back to the whole pride thing. I think that maybe this is a song that is trying to be him reminding himself that he's not. You know, like it's trying to remind him that, like, even though your fame is really up there, and like you've gotten a lot of. Uh, accolades and you've gotten a lot of uh, like awards like you're still you you still have work to do and you can't slack off and you have to make sure you're on top of your stuff Um, personally this is just me because I know that you know my opinion is not the popular one I actually really don't like when Kendrick goes like hardcore nasally on his delivery and I feel like this song is, like, very nasally. And personally, I just don't really like it all that much. Just yeah. from a purely aesthetic, sa- like, standpoint. Um, I just right. think it sounds really whiny and, like, it doesn't really... It, it becomes distracting to me, you know, when I listen to it. Like, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. But it's just, like, I... At that point, I have to pay more attention to the lyrics than I do to how he's saying the lyrics because at that point like if I just paid attention to his performance that I would like the song much less than I do right um now on other on other albums and even other songs on this album he tones that down substantially and I think it might be because he's rapping in a higher register than he raps on other songs and maybe that's causing more of the nasalness to come out right um but honestly, like, I'm not really... Like, I feel like, like, especially the way that he delivers the choruses, you know, it just sounds, like, really whiny to me, which maybe is the point, and maybe that's, like, an intentional thing, but it just is, like, it kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Um, no, I... I, <clears throat> I actually agree. I'm not... Like, I, I feel that his... His cleverness and his wordplay um, are one of are like the strongest points of his game. Like mm. his his flow and his tone, like it's I'm like it's all right, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I really dig it. Sometimes I don't dig it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Well, like an example for me of like when Kendrick takes advantage of that nasaliness and he uses it to his advantage is a song like Swimming Pools. Like, that's a song where, like, he has his normal lowdown. Like, his is sort of more, like, alto-baritone rapping, like, level. fits with the music and the vibe more. Right. But then what he does is he takes the nasally, but he makes it, like, his conscience voice in that song. You remember that? Yeah. Like, during that second verse. And that actually is cool because he's, like, taking on a different like character and like a different persona so for me that works because it's almost like this sort of like weirdo voice that you're not really supposed to be hearing because it's in his head so to me like I could get with that more than like that being his normal rapping voice because if you use it for the whole song to me it just sounds a little over the top and ridiculous 
Um, that might be because I'm used to rappers having lower voices. I don't know. But just for me, it didn't really... I wasn't really sold on it. Um, on this song, anyway. Um, but that's just, like, my opinion, man. You know, that's just, like, uh, your opinion, man. So, you know, Great what are you gonna do? I know. The Big Lebowski, fucking amazing movie. Love that movie. Makes me... I can almost taste the White Russian in my mouth right now when I think about that movie. We should go get White Russians. We're, I mean, well, first we have to get through these 40s. Yeah. So... I wonder if a bar... That bar serves them. The oh, I'm temptation. sure. I'm sure it does. Anyway, we're getting off yeah. track here. So what's um, the next song? <laughs> so uh, the next and final song of the evening, um, after hearing a little bit of that humbleness... Um, I'm pretty sure it's a song that's been on the charts for quite some time now, and we haven't gotten down to covering it because it's been slowly going down the charts, but we finally caught up to it. It's Slow Hands by, uh, Niall Haran. Okay. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. I'm so sorry if I messed that up. I probably messed that up. What you got, Niall? Let's, let's check it out. Let's see what we got here. Yeah, I want you, baby, slow, slow hands. Like sweat dripping down my bed and I'm wondering No chance that I'm leaving here without you on me yeah, I know, yeah, I already know that there ain't no stopping Your plans and those slow hands <laughs> Oh my god Okay, Josh, I'm just gonna be real here <laughs> I'm gonna be real here, dude. I'm gonna use my one, my one angry Seth card per like fucking every couple oh, episodes. No. Can I use that right now? You can use it. All right. Fuck this song, dude. <laughs> this song fucking so so obnoxious. I have so many reasons why I don't like this song. Um, but okay. I'm, I'm gonna so I'm gonna start. Let's let's fucking deconstruct this this fucking thing. So firstly, and the thing, I mean, do I start with the worst thing or the least worst thing? Um, Anything? I'm at the bottom of my forty here, and I'm a little emotional. So like, least oh. worst thing. Least worst thing. Okay, I would say the least worst thing <laughs> <laughs> out of all of it. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, let me think about it. Um. I'm just trying to think of how to how to esponge my hatred properly. Uh, okay, I think the least worst thing about it was the chord progression. The chord yeah. progression was fine. I thought the chords and melody were kind of cool. Yeah, they were they fine. Were, okay, they were passable. Good. Yeah. If you if you were to blur out everything else, if you were in like a real drunken stupor and you were walking out and you heard that chord progression, you'd be like, "That's cool." I'm sorry. Yeah. I could I could write another song to that. That's not this. Yeah. Um. So. First, firstly, let's talk about the beat setup. Okay. The beat setup, it was trying to do this, uh, it was trying to do, like, a syncopated, uh, like, do-do-ga-do-do-do-ga-do-do. It was trying to do that, but it fucked it up, because it, at the beginning it was like, do do ga do do and it made it sound like off kilter, and it never quite lined up properly for me. Like right. when you're listening to the song, the beat never really is on the one. It's always like slightly ahead of it, but there's this weird echo shit in the background that's making it throw off even more. So like it never is exactly lined up, and your mind is thinking the whole time that it should, and that there's a point where it's gonna sync up, but it never does. You never get the satisfaction of that. Um, yeah. Did you? You look like you want to say something to that. No. Well, the thing about that is, it's just a different vibe. Like that. It's just you know, instead of everything being straight on like eighths, eighth right. notes, you know, they're just trying to give you a different vibe. And mm -hmm. I felt like I was on the fence of whether or not it worked for me. Clearly, it did not for you. <laughs> um, not not one bit. Not for me. I will say the one thing I did enjoy was I had never. Well, I, maybe I have, but it. I don't know. I can't remember or recall having heard the um, such choppiness on the vocals. Oh my god! First, but I actually, I actually was kind of. I enjoyed that. That was new for me. What? Yeah. You enjoyed that? Yeah. Are you Are you sure? Oh, I'm sure. How sure are you? One hundred percent. What? 
Yeah. Dude. It was like, uh, that was my least favorite part of this whole song. Really? Yes, 100%. It was fucking, it almost made it unlistenable for me. That's like how choppy it was. It was, it was so, it was so distracting to me that I could barely even, I couldn't even pay attention to the lyrics because my brain was listening to when the clipping was happening. Right. It was so, it was so, so prevalent and so egregious throughout the entire song that I could not fucking focus on any of the song. It was so I guess you, got, I guess dude. you just gotta you, you. It's like you either like it or you don't. I guess because for oh, me it's God. like top forty music is so heavily treated that like that new effect or um, playing with the technology like it doesn't necessarily bother me. No, but it, I but okay. Uh, here's the thing. I agree. I agree with what you just said that Top Boy's music is heavily treated, but I would disagree with you in the fact that I was okay with it because of that because it was so heavily treated that it barely sounded like a human voice to me. I'm okay with that. It's different. It's but it's not different in the way that it's Pleasurable for Seth. It's not for Seth. Yeah. For Seth. Sorry. I mean, I, like, look at listen to fucking Kid A by Radiohead. That doesn't sound like a human. But but that shit's cool. But it's but Tom York has a way of working with the synth. He works with the synth. You know, like it's it seamlessly integrates into his voice and right. then integrates into the rest of the instruments that well, are happening. Let's let's get off Radiohead, who I actually do like a lot. <laughs> this song, which I didn't quite. But I will say. I'll give you an actual... I'll give you a reason God. why I liked it. Okay. Instead of just saying, like, oh, I liked it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me, like, give me, I mean, give me a reason. I want, it's, I want it's a always, reason. It's always going to come down to just, like, subjective preference. Okay. But for me, I liked, one, that it was different, and two, I liked that it incorporated... It became another rhythmic factor to the song, which I liked. What what became another rhythmic factor? The 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 ch- constant chopping of the vocals. It's like an intense noise gate. If it's like as soon as there wasn't enough volume on the vocals, it was just silence. Like that <sighs> choppiness for me was like another rhythmical element that I I could enjoy, and it was different. Um, I just yeah. I uh, I don't know, man. Like I feel like okay, if I were to if I were to s- completely separate myself from the fact that it was a pop song and I was like if it was doing it in a way that was trying to be like punk rock or if it was in a way that was trying to do it in a way that was expressly explicitly trying to be abrasive then I could get behind that but I feel like that would only work in a song where the instrumentation also followed suit in that similar way at least for me like if you have a, if you have vocals that are choppy and cut off like that but the rest of the song is like choppy and like kind of jarring then it could work that you know for me like it would work but it seemed like the vocals were were actively trying to sabotage the rest of the song in my opinion like it felt like like okay okay let me just let me just try to explain that better like you've got you've got the choppiness which by itself is something that again it could work in another setting but in this you have the rest of the song which is very smooth and so to me it the 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 way that the choppiness worked versus the way that the beat's choppiness is working totally played against itself, in my opinion. <clears throat> the second thing, too, is that the vocals were super, super auto-tuned, which I don't know if you could hear, like, the, the pitch slides in that. Yeah, yeah. But, like, between the auto-tuning and the choppiness, that just to me is, like, a fucking engineer who's sitting in the booth who is like, <laughs> are you sure you want to do this, man? And he's like, yeah. Fucking, let me let, wait. Let me take a swing of this forty real quick. Wait, yeah, no, fucking do it, do it, asshole. Just do it. I don't give a fuck. I want this to sound immaculate. I don't want any breathing. I just want all cutoffs. Yeah. That's all I want. Like that's what it seemed like to me. Like it just seemed I... like it's <laughs> like you're talking about overproduced overproduced pop songs this is the epitome of like a fucking horror show of overproduction to me right i know that's very harsh for me for me overproduced it's very hard for me to pin that down but i will say well i i don't want to go on like a two minute rant on dude go on a two minute rant we're here my opinion on overproduction but i will say 
for me, it was like, I, I like that it's not hiding the fact that this, that it's being treated heavily. Like, most pop songs, they, they try to create the illusion that what you're hearing is natural, that it has been, like, quantized, and it has been pitch-corrected, and they try to create the illusion that this is, like, live and natural mm. in certain ways, like, okay. I feel, and this is just blatantly, like, no, like, this isn't live, this is a recorded, tracked, and mixed thing, and we're playing with the effects, and we're using the effects as their own possible instrument. Uh, okay. Hence the whole like the choppiness of it, as I said way earlier, is like a cool rhythmic element. Um, but I am entertained by the fact that 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 effect just bothers you so much. I'm entertained. <laughs> I'm entertained that it's like I've never heard you so passionately like just peeved at a song. I'm so mad. Well, okay, You're I- almost almost as mad as I was at. Uh, believer yeah. of Imagine Dragons. Yeah, I was, I was actually I about to like make that. I was that. probably a little more pissed, but you're close. Well, I think I think when I'm pissed, I definitely am like a lot more loud about it. And when you're pissed, you're like the quiet slow burn. Like this can die in a fire. It but builds for me, into a slow rage, and then I murder <laughs> people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I mean like I like I get it. I get what you're saying. I just don't necessarily agree like I think that like like if you're gonna release a finished product to the world it's a like a lot of like, people like it said that shit's 15 I, I know but it's falling it's falling in the charts bro <laughs> oh snap um, no, yeah, maybe it's just the money it might just be all the money they well no no, no like yeah. well like here's what I'm saying is like you know I went to I went to college for studio art and music and when I took my studio art classes my professor said something that was very uh, profound to me and she was like, if you're going to release a piece of art into the world, you have to think about every single angle of its production and every single angle of its presentation. And if you don't, then it's a, it's a weak point. Like, as an artist, you should think about every single angle of its inception and its creation in order for it to be the most fully realized form of your expression that it can be. Uh, yeah. And if you don't think about that, then you aren't properly expressing your idea, and you might miss something, or you might misinterpret something, you might give something off in a way that wasn't your intention, and other people might pick it up differently. Right. So for me, when I listen to this song, it's a song about a dude who's like, hey, I want to come over to your house, your hands feel great, fucking they, sweat down, dirty laundry, great. There's nothing... Okay, th- that, Wait, well, that line's funny. That line's really funny. But but so what? I, I mean, no. I, I mean, we both laughed at that. Right. That was a great line. But what I'm saying is, like, if you're thinking about every single angle, like, to what end does the clipping and that type of treatment to the vocals? In what way does that help to articulate? the rest of the vibe of the song, you know? Because, like, the way that the song is written, it's supposed to be sort of, like, a sexy, like, hey, come over to my house and we'll make out. It's, like, it's gonna be great. But, like, the choppiness does nothing to help that that purpose, you know? It doesn't do anything to seem sensual or sexy. It just seems like somebody who wanted to do something avant-garde and, like, just threw it in a pop song, you know? I, I would say... The song is just very middle of the road, classic top 40 hooking up song. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that it's rhythmic and the fact that it seems new and modern, uh-huh. like the, the, the freshness of the effect and the rhythmicness of the effect could easily play into the like kind of cool hip club vibe that's going on. I don't think that it detracts because the song is not like this it's not like the standard slow, smooth sensual thing. It's like like the more dancey sensual thing. So I feel like the rhythmic aspect is fine. But if you're gonna do a dance to it, you gotta be on rhythm and how can you be with all the clipping, like the that's clip- also debatable. I, it's like you, I feel like you really don't like that. Um, the shit, it was like off on the eights. It was like kind of. It, it was always off. You don't vibe with it, but it's other people. They're like, oh yeah, they get down with that vibe where it's like, 
it's like not even it's like in between an eighth and a triplet it's like not it's like an awkward little thing going on yeah and and you know what you know what I think it is is like to me it's almost like hearing hearing a pop song on the top 40s I expect a certain I expect a certain amount of thought or uh, ability that has gone into a song you know like I I expect that now having listened to so many of them and by so many of them I mean four episodes worth lol yeah but um I just said lol on on tape Jesus Um, (laughs) but but what I mean to say is like I expect a certain amount of clarity and cohesiveness with everything going on in a song and Mm -hmm. so again I want every element of the song to be in line with like it's overall vibe and feeling so it's like if this is a dance song and you're gonna be dancing to it then like why would you throw off the beat that intentionally and like if it was a song that was supposed to be lo-fi then why would you have other production elements of such high of quality or like why would you like why would you throw auto-tune onto his voice on top of everything you know like there's so many questions that I have and I think that's what leads to my frustration is you just I would just say you felt it didn't work all of the elements yeah. you felt they just didn't work and they weren't pleasing to you yeah I just felt like they were all conflicting with each other and I felt I felt like I felt like I didn't feel like they worked incredibly well but I didn't <laughs> feel like I didn't feel like they didn't work I felt like it was okay okay that's how I felt about like the all elements of production, like okay. rhythm, how treated things were. I could go on, but I, I felt it was like middle of the road, whatever. Okay. Like for you, it was like mostly like an inoffensive piece of like pop music yeah. that kind of came yeah. and went. Okay. I mean, let me try to. What did we listen to? Okay, we listened to Humble, Taylor Swift, this song. What was the other one? Uh, the other one was the Logic song. The one eight hundred two seven seven. Oh right, okay. Yeah, I would say the logic in this were my least favorite. Um, mm-hmm. This might have actually been my least favorite. I th- I mean, you already know where I stand yeah. on this song. Yeah, <laughs> you already know. Um, <clears throat> this week is actually kind of it's kind of interesting because the fact that Taylor Swift and Kendrick Lamar are in my top two are is like they're so different. And I usually yeah. wouldn't put Taylor Swift that high on my list, but again, there were elements of that song that I really, really liked, and mm-hmm. there were elements that I didn't really care for, you know? Yes, yeah, um, But the elements that I liked in that song kind of gave out more so over the Logic song and this song. Oh, yeah, same here. Uh, which is really interesting, because I think that's... It's interesting, like, the, the prioritizing that happens, Yeah, you know? When, I think Kendrick, when anybody listens to a song, Kendrick still wins, and that's a, that's that says something because that's like not even close to like on my higher end of Kendrick songs. Yeah, personally, but it still was like like an obvious favorite of the four songs we heard tonight. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Kendrick <laughs> song did have its flaws for sure. Like, I like you know there were elements of it that I didn't really care for, but overall. It was the most, again, like, what I look for in a pop song is, you know, cohesiveness and, you know, to a degree, like, are all the parts working in conjunction to towards a greater goal? And in the Kendrick song, like, that was absolutely the case. Like, yeah. all the elements were working in a direction to lead it towards a certain uh, philosophical or just general, you know, standpoint. Um, and again, like the Taylor Swift song, you know, looking back on it, like initially when we talked about it tonight, we, neither of us were very hot on it, but looking back on it, it it did a lot of things well, you know, I thought like the chorus was really strong. Comparably. Yeah. Comparably. Yeah. Like her, like the vocal performance on the chorus was really strong. Um, I mean, we're working with what we're given. I mean, that's true. Like, we, we we gotta, you know, you know we gotta. We're not choosing to listen to these things; they just come up. Well, here's the question: Is why was the Logic song third on both of our lists? Why was it below the Taylor Swift song? I think um, it was below the Taylor Swift song because its message seemed like it was trying to pander a little <laughs> bit in a in a in a conversation that was very serious and very I think real. Was, I think it was pandering a little more than Taylor, but then also just musically from a musical standpoint, like just all the different 
uh, rhythms and instrumentation mm-hmm. and parts and the chords and the melodies, like all of those things were like less interesting to me than Taylor's song. Sure. Yeah, um, I agree. So, I mean, that that's one reason why I could go on, but and I mean, a, a big part of that song too is like I don't remember that song at all. Yeah, like, honestly, that was it that was, was the second very that was forgettable. The second almost song we almost to? as forgettable as unforgettable, <laughs> but not quite. Yeah. Dude, I don't think we're ever gonna yeah. stop making that joke. No. <laughs> to be honest, I have no idea what the song was about God. or how it. Sounds unforgettable. It's just Adam. I can't remember any of it. Well, unforgettable had that line about. Um, but the music is just gone. Unforgettable had that line about um, about having sex like you're in a marriage. Oh yeah, that was the line. That was the line that stuck with me out of that song. Right. Um, I made some good Viagra jokes about that. <laughs> they, I mean, they speak for themselves, you know. But yeah, I mean, I think that I think that that memorability, memorability. Jesus, it's not even a real word. Is when, it not? I, uh, it's not in the way that I was trying to use it. Memorability. I don't think. Maybe, maybe it's memorabilia not. is a word. No, no, well, yeah, that's a word, but no, memor memorability. Memor- it's memorable, memorableness, memor. Uh, I don't even. I don't even know, man. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. <laughs> but but the Taylor Swift song was so much more memorable. Than the Logic song, right? Um, that I feel like it automatically gets points for that, even yeah. though it may have been compositionally and like even <clears throat> even ethically, it may have been a weaker song. <laughs> but but as far as like me remembering that song, yeah, I still remember how that song goes. You know, like that song is still in my head. So look what you made her do. I mean, She's look what you made me do. I mean, props to Taylor Swift. You know, like. I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of critique about Taylor Swift about how she wasn't very uh, she she didn't really have a voice when the elections happened and now that she's come back she's just talking about drama again. By the way, we never talked about that in that song, but she has that line about how like the world turns and it's just drama, but not for me. All I think about is karma, and I'm like, you're definitely thinking about drama. That's why you wrote this song, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, so that's I mean, I don't know. But on the other hand, I don't expect any more from her, honestly. That, and that's part of it, you know, is like she sets up the way that she sets up the song is smart because she's like, this is what I'm giving you, and this is what I'm having you listen to and this is the message and you're like cool I'm with it that's the message great you give you give it to me in a nice bite-sized chunk you have your chorus it happens cool but I feel like logic tries to set up this like grander scope and like he tries to set up this like bigger message but he doesn't really deliver on that message no like he he's trying to set up a message of like you know, let's talk about suicide prevention, which is a which is a, a very admirable thing to talk about. You know, like that's not something you shouldn't talk about. But he doesn't. But it just ends up sounding like he's just writing a hit, like a top, like a top forty song off of a suicide prevention hotline, which to me definitely seems pandering at best and kind of um, not advantageous. But it seems like you're taking advantage of people at worst. A little you know? bit. I felt that way. Just yeah. a little bit. I know that's not his intent, you but finish, that's what it... Do you finish your 40? I definitely finish okay, my 40. I'm interrupting you right now. You, I finished mine as well. Okay. And I am aware of the fact that we're drunkenly rambling. <laughs> I think we should stop. Are you are you falling asleep? Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm having a good time. Okay. Just, I, I realize that the last song... Long. What? No, it's not too long. Listen, I love you guys. I love everybody. <laughs> but okay, I'm gonna tell you guys something right now. Okay. For those that are, those that are listening. It's for the listeners at home. When we get to the last song and we're starting to buzz hard on the 40, it's so easy to just drunkenly ramble. <laughs> and, and it's like we need to cut shit off. We need to uh, like once you hit yeah. the 15 minute mark, you gotta just step back and be like. <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> like what? Is, yeah, what are we? What what, why are we talking about this? So, but I had a lot of feelings talk, about I, the song, yeah. Josh. I had a lot of feelings. But you're talking about. You're, we're not even talking about the song anymore. We're talking about other things now. Well, we were ranking the songs. The, this, the last one is always the longest. The last we rank our ten songs. minutes. The last ten minutes, we have not spoken a word about the fucking song, man. But we're ranking the the songs that we listen to. That's an important part of the podcast. 
That happened within 20 seconds, and then we just started rambling off. I mean, like, all right, I guess. Of, of I things. thought it was worth it. I thought it was worth it to record. That's why I kept talking. You no, know, I I love you. I love them. I love myself. And I this That's is good. all very fun for everyone involved. But it's like at a certain point, you gotta you gotta stop. You gotta stop recording. <laughs> like they these people don't live with us. They can't. You know. It's like, sorry, I know you love us and you want to hear us forever, but we got to get back to our real lives at a certain point. Ugh, real life is so overrated, though, man. This is real life, but I mean, we got to go on to the other aspects of our life. Yeah, right. The non-podcast parts of our life. You're right. Josh Rossi's keeping it real. Um... Let's well, go get, let's go turn this off and let's get our fucking white Russians. Are we actually? I don't think we're getting white Russians right now. We're both drunk and rambling. I think we're probably pretty good for right now. I mean, we can we can talk about that when we turn things off. But I was gonna get a white. Russian. Oh shit! Anyway, uh, this has been Forties on Forties. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you guys are the best. Uh, I've been Seth. I've been Josh. And uh, you I guys am. have been great. And we will catch you on the next one where we will cover more Top 40s hits. Um, we'll see if we'll see if any of the li- lineups are different. And hold on. Four, three, two, one. 25 minutes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's a new... High five, dude. High new five. New record. Yes. It's a new lap record. It's a new lap record! Uh, anyway, you guys are the best. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. As always. Peace. Oh, yeah.